Welcome to episode 11 of Balancing Chaos with Kelly and Gretchen. And today we are talking about health and wellness and fitness because Kelly, as you guys all know, is a wellness coach, a doctor of wellness, something like that. (laughs) What's your exact, what's your, what are all your letters? I am a certified health and wellness coach and I have a PhD in nursing, but my research is in wellness. But it's typically focused on older adults and wellness and preventing cognitive decline through behaviors. What exactly counts as an older adult? Now, I'm 42. (laughs) You do not count, but but (laughs) the more that I've researched, the more I think that we should start focusing all our energy on kids Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a lifetime. Sure. Trajectory. It's not just, oh, once you turn 65, if you start going for a walk, you're going to prevent disease and Alzheimer's disease. I right. think that it's much more beneficial if we start it from age one. So it's a lifestyle, not this big diet and change you have to go on to prevent all these things we fear as we get older. Right. So how did you end up becoming a certified wellness coach? What is your What is your history from childhood on with wellness and Mm. well um when I was growing up I definitely didn't eat healthy I was overweight as a child and my I didn't grow up in a family that talked about nutritious foods or anything like that but what happened was I really wanted to be a waitress I was a waitress, and I wanted to be a lifelong waitress. I loved waitressing. It was so much fun. And we were... Now, do you love waitressing, or do you love talking to all the people? And I think that's what it is. I just like talking to people, Gretchen. Yeah. So I love talking to people, and I thought waitressing was so much fun. And when we were filling out our college applications, James and I, my husband and I have been dating. We started dating when we were 15, and we were in high school, and we were filling out our college applications. I told him that... I'm just so happy being a waitress, and I'd like to be a waitress forever, but I wanted to go to college because I was the first person in my family to go to college, and I really wanted to go. And he said, oh, well, you should be a nurse because it's just like my mom's a nurse, and you guys are alike, and it's similar to waitressing. So I said, okay, and I clicked nursing, and that's seriously how I got into it. And what changed... What, I, when I was in nursing school, I always thought I'd work in a hospital and care for very sick people, and I, that was definitely where my mindset was, and I always thought I'd be there but when I was after I graduated I went to a cardiac telemetry unit and as part of our orientation we float to all the different cardiac interventions and one of the areas that you go to is a cardiac surgery so the patient that I was assigned to see was 34 years old and having a quadruple bypass and it made a major impact on me that day was literally a turning point I was sitting there at the head of the bed with the anesthesiologist looking down in this patient had young children and I just thought this is crazy and that day after I left the hospital I went grocery shopping and I was like okay fruits vegetables and then I just started reading all kinds of uh, books and articles and I started interviewing my patients in the hospital do you know your blood pressure do you know your cholesterol and none of them knew and a lot of times they'd come in through the emergency department with a cardiac arrest or some kind of cardiac condition but they would have been to their primary care provider maybe within the past two weeks and it was missed and I just started to begin to realize, oh, we don't do enough with prevention in healthcare. It's such a mess. And I became very passionate about it. And one thing led to another, and I just kept going back to school. And that's how I got where I am today. <laughs> so, did you, when you were a kid, 
were you really athletic as a kid? No. Well, I did cheering. Okay. Which I'm sure all the haters go ahead and hate. But, I did um, cheering. Yeah, you did not. <laughs> I did. You, I need to know. I need a picture. I gotta find one. Actually, my mom just sent me home with tons of pictures. I bet I have one. Now. I have to have a picture. When uh, the cheering camps come to my university, and they used to walk by my first office, they would walk by and... They'd be like, oh, you must hate that. And I was like, I came to this cheering camp one time. And they were like, no, you didn't, because I am the opposite of a cheerleader now. And I actually am sort of anti-cheering for my children. That um, is not funny. My, not my cup of tea. And But I also think, but when I was a cheerleader, this was the 80s. And so you wore a long sleeve sweater. Yeah. And you wore a skirt down past your knee. like, And you like just sang songs. It was a lot different. I mean, it wasn't like so old. I had a big megaphone, but it was, but yeah, I was a cheerleader. Wow. Yeah. I am mind blown. I know. I knew. I, I've been saving that one to wow. really get you. I love that. Just made my day. I'll have to I, see if I can find a picture. I need a photo. I'll find one. But that was, that was the only thing that I did. And I did that in, I might have done it my freshman year too. And then I went to a small school, so I didn't have like the sports were um, volleyball, basketball, and softball. And I am not good with balls. Yeah. <laughs> me either. I used to have to go to like a special gym class because I would flinch every time anyone like threw a ball near me because I just hated catch. I hated basketball. So obviously I wasn't going to do that. So instead I was the manager for the team, which meant that, do you know what the manager does? Um, Gretchen. What? Funny story. <laughs> I was the manager of the baseball team. <laughs> was James on it? Yes. And you got to ride in the bus together? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I managed, like, the boys' basketball team, and I managed the girls' volleyball team. I didn't do anything in the spring, but it was like, okay, so I get to go on the bus trips, yeah. and I get to be in the yearbook, So and I get to do math. So this is the perfect way right. for me to access sports. And that was about it. Um, so, and, and, I w- and I did drama club. Of course, obviously. Yeah, I could see that one. Yeah, that one doesn't shock you. No. Nope. <laughs> so anyway, so that so that was my experience growing up. We did we went skiing as a family. I rode my bike a lot as a kid around my town because that was the only way to get around. Um, and that kind of actually dropped off when I got my driver's license because then I was driving into town to hang out with friends instead. So that's so that's where what my childhood experience was with fitness and wellness and I I remember thinking then oh my god I'm so fat I'm so fat I'm so mm-hmm. fat and now I look at pictures because my parents have been going through their all of their bins of pictures and I looked and I'm like I remember th- like, I, like I saw one of me sitting at a table even like sitting down and thinking I remember thinking then that I was fat and I look at it now and I'm like I would love to look like that right now that'd be great I think there's a meme on Facebook that goes around like I wish I could be as skinny as I was in the picture where I thought I was fat. Yeah. Or something like that. Look at prom pictures and stuff, and I remember being like, oh. But my best friend was really tall and really thin, which might have, like, thrown off my perspective. Yeah. But I but I do look back and think, what was I thinking? Like, it was just crazy teenage girl brain cramps or whatever. So after that, I stayed trimmed by smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you smoke cigarettes. I smoke. So I smoke cigarettes for. I started in high school and smoked until I met Dave, basically. So it would have been 2001 is when I quit. So I smoked for 16 to 25, so almost 10 years. I smoked like two packs a day. 
Wow. Camel lights. And when I quit, I totally gained weight. Yeah, yeah. And I and I feel like that almost screwed up my metabolism mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. But I say every day I would much rather be overweight than mm-hmm. a smoker, mm-hmm. even though I know they're both equally bad. <laughs> but Well, I don't know, because at least with weight, it's personal, whereas smoking affects everyone around you in a negative way. Right, right. And yourself. I mean, smoking is the number one preventable cause of all death. Well, and I think about it, and I think, I remember thinking, oh, I'll just put on a little body spray. Just mm-hmm. had a smoke outside, but I'll just cover that up with the little spritz of spray that I keep in my pocket, and I'll just walk in, and no one's going to know. Right. And now, I can be in my car with the windows up, and smell someone smoking in the car next yes. to me with their windows up. Yes. And be like, oh my God, that's so gross. So, yeah. any of you who think you're like fooling anyone by hiding your smoking oh my gosh. with my, a scent, you're not doing it. My mom does that. Because my mom smokes. And in fact, every single person in my family smoked cigarettes. When my grandfather died, I remember at the funeral, we were at this um, one of my cousin's house. And I walked outside, and it was like 45 people smoking cigarettes all at the oh same time. It like was a like mushroom a of smoke. <laughs> when my mom will do that, she'll go outside and smoke a cigarette, and then she'll spray herself. And it's even worse. It's actually, I think, better if you just smoke oh, yeah. a cigarette, wash your hands, return. I had a friend at work one time, and I said, oh... I just need to let you know, like, I don't know if your sister borrowed your coat or something, because I knew her sister smoked, but you really smell like cigarettes, and her face just mm-hmm. fell. And I was like, what? And she was like, I started smoking accidentally. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, you can't do that. And she since quit, but it was so, it, that shocked me so much that I was like, oh, I think that you were at your sister's house, got a little on you, you might want to wash your coat, and it was her. So but how'd you quit? I quit, I used, um... I forget what the brand name is. Chantix? No. Um, but it was well, Wellbutrin. Oh, yeah. And Altoids. And I would take Altoids because when you're I a smoker... I never heard that one. Well, uh, well, the thing is that when you're a smoker, anyone who's ever smoked can tell you this, that when you inhale, there's this thing where it hits the back of your throat and it, like, numbs it. It gives it this weird tingle. The only thing that I could replace that with was I would take two Altoids put them in the back of my mouth between my molars and chomp down on them and then inhale like that menthol hit yeah. would do that numbing of the throat huh. thing. I went through so many Altoids. And I and then I would call I would do like call my friends and do the dishes. Or I learned to sew. I bought a sewing machine. That's mm-hmm. when I bought my first sewing machine was I bought a $100 machine at Walmart and I sat in my kitchen and just kept my hands busy by sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing. It was like a crazy person. But hmm. it also helped that Dave was like, you need to quit. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to stay with me. Yeah. I'm not going to be with a smoke. He wouldn't ride in my car. Oh, wow. Until long, until after I quit and like it had taken months to air out. He wouldn't get in it. I gave him a ride once and he was like, no, <laughs> not doing that again. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so. Well, if you think about it, I completely understand why smoking so difficult, such a difficult habit to quit because you, okay, smoking a cigarette basically forces you to take a break which is good for you go outside and get fresh air which is fantastic until you you fill it with not well true but even the act of inhaling that's you know like a deep breathing which is great and typically it's social oh yeah so all of those act behaviors that are associated with cigarettes are actually very good for emotional health but and smoking's an anxiolytic, so it's a natural anti-anxiety. So that you know, then we think, oh, just quit. It's easy. I totally see why it's 
incredibly difficult. It was super hard. I It's been almost 17 years now. I still have dreams about it. Oh, my gosh. And wake up and will be in a panic. Like, wait, did I actually accidentally... Like, it's always the dream that I'm smoking and it's great. It feels awesome. <laughs> and then I feel instantly guilty because my whole mantra was not one puff. Like, I couldn't... Yeah. There are people I know who are like, I'm a social smoker. No, that yeah. can't be me. Right. I can't even get near it. I like my. I have friends who smoke, and I'll go stand outside with them at the bars or whatever when we're out together. But I'm like, no, not one puff. And I'm glad I didn't. And I also, so I, I still have dreams about it. And oh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, I'll still have days where I'll walk out and be like, oh, it's going to be a great day for a smoke break. Like the weather's just mm. perfect. I don't think I don't even go out for smoke breaks. I haven't in 17 years. Mm. But there's this perfect weather balance. And anyone who's a smoker and listening to this understands, or who's been a smoker, where it's a perfect smoke break day. Yeah. Where you're going to go out, weather's going to be right, it's not pouring rain, it's going to be really refreshing. And I'm always like, what? I don't I don't take smoke breaks. Why is that even crossing? But that's 17 years later, those thoughts still cross through my brain. Hmm. Now, f- for people who are listening who maybe do smoke, do a lot of reasons that I would hear why people maybe are nervous to smoke quit smoking or even try is because they don't want to gain weight do you think that there are do you think it's possible considering you've been a smoker to successfully quit smoking without gaining weight well i'm sure people have done it but my experience was that i gained weight and then i lost weight and then i got married and sort of gained weight and then i lost weight and then i had kids and gained i was just telling last night i was talking the best i have felt in since post-smoking is about five months postpartum because I breastfed my girls. Mm-hmm. So I'd be exclusively breastfeeding, which always worked to pull the weight right off me. Yeah. And so I always felt like the, I was the best at five. After five months, then they start like eating some other things here and there. Yeah. So they're not nursing as much. So like five months postpartum. If I could be five months postpartum forever, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Except I mean, for, if you could just have someone suck 500 calories off you every day without having to yeah. go to the gym. It's, it's amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know why everyone doesn't breastfeed just for sim- that simple benefit right well, there. So, but, but also in this conversation in our book club, some people have the opposite experience that they hold on to weight when they're breastfeeding. Yeah. And I think it has to do with, I think it has to do with how you're built going into it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had extra to give. Mm-hmm. And other people who maybe don't have extra to give, your body's like, we got to hold on to some of this because you're dealing with feeding two people now. So I think that might impact people too. Yeah. My first, with my first child, I lost the weight and it sucked, you sucked it right off me. But the second one, I had that effect where I just, I couldn't, it was 10 pounds. I just couldn't get rid of it. And it, I only started to go back down after about a year. After yeah. he really was like almost exclusively eating food, it was yeah. really weird because I was even big, heavier going into the second pregnancy. Interesting. But. So and so my so I did not grow up with a lot of physical activity aside from some general stuff. So and also with being in special gym because people throw balls at your face and you flinch, and so you I, they would put me in like a hockey mask and try to like dodgeball me into submission. I don't know. <laughs> it well, it's funny because we've been talking a lot about. Um, the schools and increasing recess and physical activity and gym and all these other, you know, wellness initiatives, which sound really great in my head and I know they're great. But if I put myself back to when I was a kid in school, I hated PE. I hated physical education. Yeah. And I, I didn't do sports. I mean, I, I played softball for a while and I did cross country one year. But I do think that... Th- Within the school, there's still a missing element of 
motivation of like, why the heck we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And also competitive sports. I think there could be more schools could do to have some non-competitive group. Oh, 100%. You know, like walking club or training for a 5K. Right. Or I'm sure, or there's, I'm sure there's, a, you know, um, what's that, ping pong club and things <laughs> like that. Just a better variety where it's not like, if you're not on the basketball team, you're not an athlete, you know? Right. And the other thing, too, so with my middle schooler, she is very into non-competitive sports. Right. So she loves to swim, and she's a beautiful swimmer, and the swim teachers, she d- still does swim lessons, even though she knows how, she likes to go and learn more. And they always say, oh, you want to join the swim team? And she's like, no, I don't want to. I just like swimming. Yeah. I don't need to, I like learning how to dive and learning how to swim and learning how to do the butterfly. And she doesn't want to be on a team. But it's also a lifetime sport. Right. That's the kind of sport that she could jump in a pool at any point in her life now and yeah. swim 10 laps and she can always do it. Same thing with golf. Golf, yeah. Same thing with skiing. Um, she rides her bike all over the neighborhood when it's in season. Mm-hmm. And she wants to do try track and field, actually, mm. this summer. She wants to try that. But I... Um, and the other thing that she just did was through our Y, she did a... Um, they called it Future Fitness Trainers. And it taught kids in her age, middle school kids, how to use the fitness machines, the weights, and all of that so that they don't need to be supervised. Mm. And they can come down and work out. And she loved that. And I look at that and think, I wonder if I had had those opportunities. Mm -hmm. We didn't even have a swimming pool in Washington County when I was a kid. So you swam in July and August. And then if you went to a hotel, maybe you got to stay at a hotel with a pool. I did maybe once or twice a year. And that's when you swam. There was no regular swimming available up there because it just wasn't an option. So it was if you didn't play basketball then there was not a sport for you and you did drama club which was great i love drama club mm-hmm. it was fun but then i became an adult and it wasn't even really until i had kids that i was like i want to be able to keep up with them i want to be able to chase them down i want to live long i want to do all these things so i took up running mm-hmm. when i was when did i start it was after like it was after willa i think she was like a year old so maybe it was 6 years ago And I got really into running and I loved it. And I would like run and then I'd walk. But the biggest hurdle to running for me was being an overweight runner and being outside and thinking, what are people going to say when they see me? And are they going to point at me? Are they going to laugh at me? And they're going to think that I'm stupid for being out here running Mm -hmm. as an overweight person. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest. The running was not the hardest part of that. Mm -hmm. It was the stepping outside and going for it. So I started, so when I started, I started running in the mornings um, before the sun came up and I would run in the dark because I was like, no one can see me. So this is perfect, Mm -hmm. you know, and I wore lights and, you know, I wore reflective gear and stuff, but it felt a lot safer to be emotionally to be out running. And then in 2013 was when my, my legs started to go weird. So that was, I had an appointment today for my legs. So Then I started to be like, I would run and my legs would go numb from the knees down Mm -hmm. and it felt like peg legs. And so I would have to stop and and it just kept getting worse and worse. So I went to a physical therapist who then said, you know, I think it's this. So I I have spent the last year getting all of these tests done on my legs to figure out what the issue is. And the doctor today was like, you have really muscular calves. And I do. I have humongous calves Mm -hmm. in proportion to anyone else's calves. Even as an overweight person, I have huge calves and they have impacted my skiing. They've impacted 
the running I haven't run in two years at this point. And um, so he is recommending a surgery to try to oh. fix it. And I'm, and, but he also wants me to get a vascular. He's sending me back to vascular again, which I've been trying to get into to look because there's also this thing about this artery, the popliteal artery could be entrapped and hmm. all of this. But it's like, you know, and I've told him, I said, look, I, like, I feel like I'm, like, I know I'm an overweight person, but I just want to be able to ski with my kids right. and ride my bikes with my kids. Like, yeah. that's my, I don't, I'm not looking to compete. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to race. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to hang out with my kids. I'm, sometimes I think, I'm 42, I should just be over it. And the other time, I'm like, I'm only 42. Right. I mean, like, that's my mom young. is out there at almost 70, and she still is out there skiing and all over the place. So yeah. I feel like I should... I should do it. So that was what my morning was. But part of it is, um, so this is the term that I came up with, which is going to be the title of the episode. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever had the title before the before the podcast. <laughs> so I call it Jim Poster Syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're familiar with imposter syndrome? Yeah, yeah. Where you feel like you don't belong? Jim Poster Syndrome is for those of us who <laughs> go to a gym and don't feel like we belong. Yeah. So what do you have to say for those people that are like me that are looking at the doors of the Y or the streets of the neighborhood and thinking, no, I can't do it. It's I don't belong here. It's so interesting you say that because I... I don't... I'm not an athletic person either, so I'll even feel like that sometimes going to grit, say, in the morning. Because there's this whole group of people who actually go at five and do a whole hour before grit, and it's just me and our other friend who come in at six. We're the only two people in the class who didn't do the hour class before. (laughs) So I always feel like I'm the loose gym person. But anyhow, I feel bad. It makes me sad to think that people feel like they don't belong at the gym or gym posture syndrome, because I never think what the heck are you doing here? In fact, usually I'm excited, but I don't want to show too much excitement because I don't want to make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to, if I if I ever see someone new at the gym who is clearly like trying to get back on the right path, I seriously want to be like, yeah, you go. But I know I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I always just say like, ha, you know, try to say hi. But I never think, I have never thought, wow, what the heck are you doing here? If anything, it's the opposite. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you for being here. Mm-hmm. And even when I see people on the side of the street who are out walking, which you don't see that much. You really don't see that frequently, you know, an overweight person running on the side of the street. Right. I mean, how frequently do you see that? Almost never. Go out never. before dark and put on your night vision goggles. You might see them <laughs> everywhere like, like, like a herd of deer. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I, I don't... I would say to those people that it's, it's a... You're th- it's you're thinking it more than anyone else is thinking it. Most people are just focused on themselves. There's a great comic, and I want to say that the oatmeal did it, which I should I'll try to link to it. That basically says that that it has all these people at the gym, and what everyone's thinking, and how everyone's <laughs> like thinking, everyone's looking at me, or or some people are like look at me, I'm or, or they're just looking at themselves. Which was another thing I did a, a lifting class and. And, and now I actually have, I finally have gotten back in. I'm getting my post-election 2016, like, depression. <laughs> You're coming out of trying it. Trying to come out of it and trying to do things. Like, And I was like, okay, I need to be prepared to run for the border yeah. if anything happens. I need to save my family. So I have a, so I have the best gym friend in the world. And she is, she is like the perfect match. Like we, we text each other. We go together. So there's someone waiting for us and we can help each other out. But when we first started lifting the whole like you have to look in a mirror 
to check your form. And I couldn't do it. Like I was like, like you get so used to avoiding looking in a mirror, especially when you're in fucking spandex. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like looking up and I'd be looking down. She's like, and like the coach who was telling me was like, you just got to look. And I was like, this is really hard. Yeah. And I said, you, and the person doing the class was very fit. And I was like, you need to understand people like me don't choose to look in mirrors when they're doing stuff like this, because it's just like, oh, it can be really depressing and all of that. But when you're lifting, you kind of have to look in a mirror. So I've gotten better. I can now look in the mirror and be like, all right, whatever. I'm here and I'm here. I go at 5 a.m. And what time do you have to wake up for that? I get up at 4.45. Wow. But I get I, I leave out all my clothes the night before in the bathroom. Yeah. I get up at 4.45. I pretty much go into the bathroom. I pee. I put on my clothes. I come downstairs and I just walk out the door. Yeah. I, like I don't. I don't eat breakfast. I don't do anything till I get home. And then I meet up with uh, my friend down there at about the same time. And then we just go down to the weight room and we work really well together because we help each other load and deload plates and do all that kind of stuff and can spot each other for bench press. And and I, and lifting has not bothered my legs because I don't want well, like even when I squat, I'm not there. It's not a static, prolonged squat. Like I'm coming right back up as soon as I go down. Mm-hmm. Um so that one's been good. And so I'm I'm glad to be back at the gym. But even then, we went back and she'd been going to another gym, at least. She And I said, do you still have a Y membership? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, well, let's do it. I'm like, just, I have to go. So she agreed to meet me at our usual time and it was awesome. But then we go in and it's like, all the other regulars are there. And we were regulars mm-hmm. for a long time and then just sort of drifted off. She had a strange work schedule for a while. And then without that anchor of she's going to be there waiting for me. Yeah. It's a lot. And then, and when I did go by myself, it took me twice as long because I had to load both sides of the bar myself. And I had to, you know, I I avoided doing the bench press because I didn't want to ask a regular to spot me because I am just taking up space here as the fat person in the The gym posture. In the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So, and my friend who goes has had that same experience. She did spin class. And when she left the spin class, and this is what kind of triggered this idea. She said she heard someone saying, oh, well, my friend and I usually come to this, but there were bikes taken. And she felt like this guilt that she had taken that person's seat. Yeah. And that really she should have let the people who always go, who are much more fit, be in there. And I was like, and I'm the one who would have the same thought, exactly. But was then saying, no, we're all members. We're all paying the same fee. Like, if you got there early, then you get to be there. So it's it takes a lot to allow yourself to take up the space in a gym. And even with... Like I'm go- the doctor I saw today, I actually looked him up after the appointment because I looked and it's like sports medicine. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's stupid. Like, I'm not an athlete. I'm just a mom <laughs> who wants to be able to ski and run without excruciating pain. I'm not like a sports person. Why am I like, why did they send me to a sports medicine doctor? And he was the nicest guy. He was so great. Yeah. But it felt like. Oh, I took up a, you know, there's probably like an Olympian that was waiting to get in. <laughs> I, don't know if around, I don't know if we're out here. <laughs> you never know. But I was like, oh, and I'm just wasting an appointment on somebody who really needs to get in there and get their whatever's done. I don't know. But it, it was, it's like that feeling of, I don't deserve to take this spot from someone more qualified. I think that what you've done is, you know, there's a lot of research on how to stay successful in physical activity regimens mm-hmm. and just having a friend or someone you do it with is key yep to success because if you don't have anyone depending on you or waiting for you what's the motivation to get up at 4:45 i mean especially right now it's freezing cold out it's 
we're in the dead middle of winter, basically, suddenly, and it's dark. And yep. it's so much better to stay in your nice warm bed. And that's why I like the class we go to, too, because the, it's so small that you have to pay a little extra to go to this one. So it's tiny. And so the instructors, we're all friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So it's like a fear factor. If you don't go, they're going to shit. They don't shame you, but yep. they could. They know. Right. They know you weren't there. Right. <laughs> well, it's kind of, and it's the same in, I don't know, like, um, my friend and I don't, we don't shame each other ever, but we, like, one of the places that, and another friend went, there's another gym, and it's called Relentless Strength Training, but I always keep slipping up and call it Reluctant Strength Training, <laughs> yeah. because, like, it's a Freudian slip, yeah. but, you know, like, we never shame each other, but we can laugh about each other, and we have the same sort of, we have the same set of insecurities and anxieties about going there but going together is sort of like no yeah yeah we're here we're here we're the two yep. big girls <laughs> and i'm bigger than her but like like no we're here and and she's an amazing lifter and she got you know she's gotten like people have come over and been like you're like these big buff guys come over and been like you are totally awesome at this and i'm like <laughs> and i am totally awesome at standing next to her watching her do it so she's really strong and it's but it's good but even the regulars when we came so we came back and I, the second day, one of them came over and was like, hey, nice to see you guys back here. And I was like, is it better or worse that they knew we were gone? You know? And I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, I had the summer off and, uh, and then I forgot about fall and uh, whatever, I'm here. <laughs> I've but been they, busy, yeah. But, like, we were regulars enough that the regulars noticed us gone and then noticed us come back. Yeah. Which was still a little almost embarrassing. We're like, whatever, I'm here. I'm here now. I'm here this morning. Here we go. And the times that I have gone when she hasn't been able to go back, especially when we're doing it all the time, there were, I remember there was one time when I was trying to deload the bar after a deadlift and I just can't do it by myself. Like I tried, finally I was like, oh, okay. And I looked over at this girl who's always there and I was like, can you help me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she was like, I, and, and she is very fit like you. And she was like, I was going to offer her, but I didn't know if you'd be offended. And I was like, no, I'm not offended. I just do not have the coordination to do this alone. So she came over and helped me out and it was great. But I think sometimes too, a lot of this is, you know, because when I look at myself, I never think, oh, I'm fit. You just called me fit. But I'm, I never look in the mirror and like, yeah, I'm fit. I don't think that way. But I think part of it is, I don't know what it is as our society or, or what we just tell ourselves. We're just hard on ourselves psychologically is that we just don't love our bodies for what they are Mm -hmm. and it's taken me a long time I mean I'm 34 years old and I still I'll be like oh my butt it's big you know Mm -hmm. I have these thoughts but I'm trying I'm trying to get better and better especially with Kit being a mom Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're a mom you should really just embrace your body and love it because if you don't love it then you're setting a really bad example for your kids and and I don't I like I this is probably, if Ingrid's eavesdropping upstairs, it's the first time she's ever heard me talk about my body in this way. Yeah. Because I don't talk about it. Yeah. I talk about being strong. I talk about being healthy. I don't talk about thin or fat or anything yeah. like that. But I, and it's also, so it's probably one of those things I almost overcompensate with my kids. Like, I want you to, yep, let's go to the Y. You can learn how to do this. You can find your own path. Right. Find it before you're 35 years old. You know what I mean? And then realize, oh, no, I guess I am allowed to go out and run. I just need to, if I have the sneakers, I can just go. Like, I pay for these sidewalks, and I can run on them if I want. Exactly. So, being older, like, Ingrid took golf, so I got golf clubs, and I took a golf lesson. And I'm terrible at it, but I'm like, I need to be able to hang out and play golf. So, I'll learn how to do that. I'm much more open to learning new things than I ever was 
in my 20s. Well, it makes me really sad when I'll hear people say, oh, I need to go on a diet. But my kids, they don't need to go on a diet. So you'll have, you know, multiple menus at your house and the kids, you know, feed the kids Oreos and French fries or whatever. And then you're eating salad and, and, and an orange and say, and it's kind of sending the message like, you only eat this food if you're overweight. And people will say it to me sometimes. I'll say, oh, no, I'm not going to have whatever it is. And they're like, oh, well, you don't need to worry about it. But it's like, well, no, it's actually, it's because I do make it a priority that yeah. I don't, that I could eat the cookie every now and then. Right. You know what I'm right. trying to say? So I get sad when people send that message to kids because I think that's how we get a messed up society with our perceptions of food and health and what it means to be healthy. It's not about weight. But it's and that was that moment for me when I was in that cardiac bypass surgery, when that was my motivation right there because I was like, oh, this isn't about being overweight. This is about how can you eat to maximize your food's nutrient value mm-hmm. to be as healthy as you humanly possibly can to nourish yourselves to prevent to make your body so healthy that you can ward off disease. And I truly believe in it because James had um, high blood pressure and high cholesterol. I might have even talked about this on the podcast before. And it was pretty, it was quite high. And it stressed, of course, it stressed me out because we were very young. This was before <laughs> we had kids. Yeah. And it was his call, it was right after we got out of college. And I think his college eating habits were just horrendous. No, yeah. I don't think I know. <laughs> so I read this book, Superfoods, and I decided to give us a challenge. So we ate nothing but superfoods. I think it was for two weeks. Were you near Whole Foods at the time? We were. We were near Whole Foods. And uh, he, so he had his cholesterol drawn and we had it redrawn, I think a month later. And it was amazing. It it dropped into a healthy range within that short period of time. So food, I think we way underestimate food, especially in healthcare. You know, everyone just wants to give a pill for every little right. problem. And then suddenly. I would like to take a pill, honestly. Yeah. Wouldn't great. it be great? But it's, <laughs> what, what we're seeing in our country is that. Treating everyone with a pill is not working. And most people don't want to be on pills. They don't remember them. They can't afford them. Mm -hmm. And then we way underestimate, you know, the food we're feeding kids, the lunches at the schools. And, I mean, I know this is coming straight from the USDA, but it's still not that great. You know, I know the USDA created this diet, but if you look at it, it's... It's really not well, healthy. Well, even then, Michelle Obama tried to improve it. I know. And it's one of the first things they try, have, have worked on rolling back. Which makes no sense. No, it makes total sense because oh. what all the administration has done is done a control F and found every mention of Obama. And then whatever comes after it, they've <laughs> said no. They've scratched it off. So it could say mm-hmm. the Obamas, you know, give everyone a million dollars. They'd be like, no, they don't. They would scratch it <laughs> off because they want to undo anything that Obama ever did or touched or whatever. Well, when I started this year on my rant about chocolate milk, (laughs) so for all of you listening, I noticed on the school menu that kids could choose between chocolate or white milk every single day at lunch. And coming from a house where we don't have chocolate milk ever, I thought, what is wrong with our society? Well, no wonder we have crisis levels of diabetes and obesity in our country when we're saying from age five years old you can choose to have white milk or chocolate every day so I went on a total rant but anyway one of my friends she's super liberal she said Kelly you need to chill out because Michelle Obama tried to take this on and she (laughs) she couldn't even make a dent in it so you're definitely not going anywhere so anyway I did do quite a bit of research on the chocolate milk and I decided to let it drop because there's been some studies on milk consumption and bone growth and if they don't serve chocolate milk kids are less likely to drink milk and 
on and on you go. But there are other ways to get calcium besides chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I have, um, on the different meals, like I've never really done different meals. I shouldn't say never because one of my children would only eat stolen candy if <laughs> it was allowed. And sometimes she just will not eat anything. So the uh, the option is like peanut butter sandwich, like at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I like about the plated meals, actually, is that they're easy to deconstruct a little bit. So we might take, like, the one we had the other night was, uh, it was a beef and uh, Chinese broccoli and ri- jasmine rice. And it was, the picture shows it all mixed together, but we just kind of, like, separate, separated it all out mm-hmm. and they could eat, like, parts of it right. versus all together, whereas Dave and I would eat it all together and be fine with it. So that's one of the things that I do, but I've never done the... I've never tried to draw attention to my own diet. Mm-hmm. And and when I say my own diet, like just, I mean, what I eat, not like any sort of fat or anything like that. I did yeah. do the Whole30 this summer and it was, and it was great. It was very informative and really interesting. Um, I, I lost like 15 pounds on it and probably gained it back once I allowed myself to have wine again. But, uh, but it was very, it was, that was probably the most I ever ate really separate. But even then I would try to make a meal that had all these different components and I would just like ignore the one that had gluten or whatever. Right. So that was definitely very interesting. I did the whole, I've tried the whole 30 before too. I didn't, I I don't think I lost any weight on it and I didn't feel any better. I didn't, some people say it's life changing for me. It wasn't that far off from how I already eat. So maybe that's why it wasn't. That. It really impacted my digestive system. Oh, that's good. And I, no. It was oh, in a bad good. way. It was a bad yeah. way. Yes. I found it to be really like... Yeah. It was It was not... It did not... Too much. Yeah. But, but um, the, I mean, the biggest thing that I noticed was just that there was like a lot of weight loss. And I'm trying to think, one of the things that I sort of have drifted away from, I used to eat more yogurt and I kind of get, you know, stopped eating as much yogurt. Uh, I still love cheese, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I miss most were cheese and, um, well, cheese and booze and candy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was well, and bread. Like, You're not, bread. There's no bread on yeah. that. Yeah. So, but cheese is one that I definitely missed, and but it was sort of more like so now like I w- I'll still have I usually have cheese for a snack after school, but I'll have like a piece of hard cheese and no crackers or something like just. I get that little bit of protein. I don't drink milk because I don't like milk. I don't either. So I'm like, whatever. This is like filling. It's protein. It's calcium. And this is going to get me through till dinner. So I, that's one of the things that I have sort of kept with. I try to up. avoid dairy. It doesn't agree with me well, although it's very difficult to avoid cheese because it's in every menu. Yeah. But I do try to avoid it. Like I'll try to have cheeseless pizza or mm-hmm. and just generally keep it out. And I don't. we don't eat a ton of bread either. I, it, that it was intentional at first, but now I don't like bread as much as I used to yeah. either. And we always have the same foods, or at least try. Our kids are becoming increasingly more picky, but I still try to feed everyone I think the same. There's a curve way. with picky food. Yeah, that they like. When Ingrid was a baby, my friends were always amazed. When well, she was like a toddler, she we go to the Thai restaurant and she would soak it all up, and then she kind of like tanked and was like, no. And then it came back. Now she's actually been begging me to take her to the Thai restaurant. So, and once she started cooking herself and being involved in it, then she was more likely to try something that she had made herself too. Yeah, there's a lot of research in that. That's why all these um, garden, school-based gardens are coming up because they're finding that if kids are involved in the growing of the food and the creation of the menus, that they're much more likely to try it. 
Yeah. You know, where we their food comes from. We did a garden this summer, which was fun. We're going to do an, and we're gonna add another box this year because we had fun doing a garden except for the squirrels oh. who would steal stuff. I hate the squirrels. Oh, that's too bad. So we're going to work on it. Maybe, I actually, this summer I was planting my garden and I was asking my friends, including Kelly, do you think it'd be weird if I went to the hair salon down the street and asked for a bag of hair to put on the garden? <laughs> yes. And everybody thought it was totally creepy. <laughs> Disgusting. But it was supposed to be a good deterrent. Did you do it? No. Oh, okay. We did, but we did, um, we did our own hair. Okay, well, that's fine. We did, like, like Dave's, like, trimmings, like, Dave shaves his head every week, and the, like, from the girls' hairbrushes and stuff, we'd sprinkle that around a little bit. Oh, my gosh. But it wasn't stranger's hair. No, okay, as long as you're not using stranger's hair, I'm okay with it. That was your, that was your benchmark? Yeah, that's, that was just disgusting me. (laughs) On every level. That was, that that was too far for me. (laughs) Bridge too far, using stranger's hair. But my dad told me that the other day that um, one of his friends lost, I don't think he said 20 pounds. He said, yeah, he's doing this liquid diet thing. And I said, oh, what is it? He goes, he doesn't drink any calories. I go, oh, yeah, that's actually fantastic. And that's what we do at our house. We just have water, coffee, and, of course, you know, we have wine and whatever (laughs) on the side. But for my kids, they don't, they just, they only drink water. I pack water for their lunch, and we have water at dinner. They don't, we don't. They don't drink milk. I mean, I have almond milk, but we put it in recipes, and they have cheese mm-hmm. and um, broccoli and other calcium-fortified foods. I mean, actually, almond milk has more calcium in it than milk. I go to yeah. a lot. People give me crap like, you don't feed your kids milk, da 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 da, da. But if you look at the back of almond milk, it's actually much yeah, better. No saturated fat. It's much better than regular milk. I drink, I use almond milk on, like, cereal. Yeah, we do that. You know. Yep, so we have almond milk on cereal. I use it in all the recipes. I usually bake something every week, like a bread or something for the kids' lunches um, or muffins mm-hmm. to pack with their food. And I always use almond milk. It cooks beautifully. Yeah, I've never used it in cooking just because I never have. But it, You probably wouldn't even notice the difference. I don't know. That's all I know. Dave and so. Willa are the milk drinkers. And we do whole milk. Yeah. Are you familiar with that research? What about whole milk? Yeah. What about it? Well, there was like research that said that that there was less obesity in kids who drank whole milk. Oh yeah, I believe that because they're just they're yeah. tamper. I mean, I don't believe in eating f- foods that aren't real. I, I believe that you should eat food in its truest form. Like I don't believe in fake butters. I don't believe in sugar free anything. I don't believe in fat free. Unless it's naturally fat-free. What about Cheetos in their original state? Cheetos in their original state. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like to mess with food. I don't like to eat food that is pretending to be something that's not. Right. So I, I could see that. You know, whole milk. Did I tell you about the crazy dream I had? I think I tweeted it. I had a dream about food pretending to be something it's not. Like, if you watch those cooking shows, they'll, they'll have these, like, challenges where you have to make something... Like, make a pizza, but out of cake or whatever. So I had a dream, and I woke up and thought, I have to remember this, because this is so gross. But I had a dream that I uh, put buffalo chicken dip, chicken, you know, like that buffalo sauce chicken dip, yeah. and popsicle molds and froze it, and called it a faux creamsicle. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> Isn't that gross? That's disgusting. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god. I woke up and was like, oh, that'd be a really good one to do on one of those shows. And then I, like, really woke up and was like, oh, my God, that's so gross. I have to remember this. That is disgusting. In the summertime when I'm off, I do the craziest food. I have so much fun with food. Like, I've made sweet potato pizza crust. It's so good with no cheese and this whole elaborate, like, um, chicken, barbecue chicken pizza. It's delicious. This is Kelly, though, who Kelly once posted a picture of her lunch. (laughs) 
What? It was like your lunch was in the cup holder of your car or something. Was and this it, my cucumber? Yes. yes. And the joke wasn't even about. I'm so naive and dumb. But like, I forget what the I forget what you were trying to point out. But I was then, trying to point out that it wasn't all sliced up because James usually oh would cut it all up nice for me. Yeah, so she was pointing out, like, I can't believe James didn't cut up my lunch. And it's a giant whole cucumber that's about as big as my forearm. And everybody was like, wait, that's your whole lunch? And Kelly was like, yes, that is my whole lunch. What? Not everyone drives around with a giant cucumber in their cup holder for lunch and just gnaws on it like I funny? said, unpeeled, uncut cucumber. And it was in, it was sitting in a giant thing of dip that I had made out of Greek yogurt and ranch dip. Yeah. So the cucumber was sitting. Oh, it got. It got a lot rushed. of circumcision it got jokes. So too. dirty, I had to take it down. <laughs> and I wasn't even thinking that at all. I was just thinking how much James would kill me if he saw that I'd taken my lunch that way. But of course, now he's stopped packing my lunch. So I often. The other day, I was in such a hurry. I took an entire. <laughs> I took three whole carrots, unshaved, uncut. <laughs> I shoved them in my lunchbox. I took a whole pack of celery, shoved it in there. I took the entire thing of hummus. I grabbed a yogurt and an apple. I mean, and I just went out the door. Did that, you put it, like, in a Hannaford bag? It, I have, a, like, a Whole Foods lunchbox that's, mm. like, a mini, basically, like, a mini Hannaford bag. And so I'm just in my office with the whole bag of celery, and I'm <laughs> eating the celery, and one of my colleagues comes in, and I go, I didn't have any time to pack. I'm eating just... I'm just cutting it right off the thing. I mean, that's like saving time. But the kids' lunches are beautiful. I cut them all up nice and they all are cute. And I like make them very colorful. And it takes forever, though. Yeah. It does. And if I've noticed, if I try to pack them the night before, they're not fresh. So then they won't eat them. They're picky about it. Like the cucumber will be slimy or whatever. So they're spoiled. They don't even know. And then you know what? Really? You want to know what really irritates me, Gretchen? What? Every freaking day, my son asks why I don't pack him a Lunchable. Oh my god, I hate lunch. You know what I mean? Those are horrible for you. They're terrible, and they're just crackers and cheese. Yes. And we couldn't make them at home. Yes. I let, um... I should show the you, The one too. time that Ingrid, I let, the first time they had a Lunchable was when I took Ingrid to Colorado. It was just her and I. And on the way out or back or something, there was a delay, and I let her get a Lunchable at LaGuardia. And so I made it the rule that you could only have Lunchables at LaGuardia. And then oh, we, like... Oh, that's a pretty good rule. And then we went... Then my sister got married. Did she actually like it? They they think they love it. Because I just can't picture... I looked at it, so I decided... Half I'd, the time what they're doing, and especially Will, will look and see the dessert and be like, ooh, that one comes with Oreos. So I think that was part of it. So I decided... So what I... <laughs> this is a good one. What I decided to do is I got... Um, I get these vitamins for my kids with their gummies. Mm-hmm. And so I started packing the gummies in the lunch just to say, like, oh, there you go. You got a Dessert. treat. Because I think that's why they want the Lunchable. Because yeah. it comes with, like, a Reese cup or something. But I looked at it. I actually inspected it. I was like, okay, let me see how bad this is. Because, heck, like it'd be a lot easier. 60% sodium yeah. or something, right? It's, it's like four pieces of ham that do, doesn't even look like... I don't even know where that comes from. A couple right. crackers and, like, a Go-Gurt or something. I mean, and they cost... They're expensive. I They're have, astronomically expensive. I have, so. um, we have easy lunch boxes for Ingrid takes when we sometimes use them in the summer, which are like a divided compartment lunch box. Yeah. I'll put, a, I'll put a link in the show notes. And we have those. I'm like, you can make your own Lunchable. Just put in crackers, put in cheese, but they love, there's like nothing more satisfying than peeling back the top and getting that preservative and see, filled. And then d- seeing what kind of uh, snack you're going to get. Okay, so 
this isn't a very good one, but I, this is what this is the lunch I pack. Like, oh, you have the same lunch box. Yeah, and yeah. I put these. So I'm what I'm showing Gretchen is a, like what she said a divided off container, and I have these little um, silicone cupcake. Yeah, that are colorful, and I'll put those in there. And so it's all usually I have four, and they're all different colors. And then I'll match up. See, like I put the green, the raspberries, red raspberries, in a green tin, so it's super colorful. <laughs> I mean, do you know this is so much effort? And then my kid asks for a lunchable. Yeah, I would like something seriously. Like Seventeen shades of gray and yeah. beige, and a translucent I'm plastic like, cup. You Thank have you. got to be joking me right now. You don't even know how good you've got it, kid. Yep. So anyway, I have let them. Ha- I have let them have them beyond Laguardia in the years since. But it's always literally like the kind of thing where we're like, whenever I had them going to Grand Lake and like, fine, we have to stop at Walmart to pick something up, and you can get one and eat it in the car. And it's like a very special, like twice a year type treat. And I'm still like, this is so gross. I don't like deli meat that doesn't look like it was ever meat. Well, that's just it. I mean, and you'd think <clears throat> the other thing too is you'd think that they would. Um, I don't know. Like, you'd think that they could... You should text me those pictures. I'll put them up. Yeah, you should... You should... I would just think that we could have a healthier Lunchable because the thing is, parents do want... Sometimes I'm in a really big rush. I wish the school lunches were a little bit better quality. I just Mm -hmm. pay for them every day. Yeah. I would. But I sometimes worry, like, where is that stuff actually coming from? Well, and there's also that... There's also that balance because... Because Willa does get lunch pretty much every day at school. But there's that balance of what are you, you know, there's only so many things that you can balance. I know. It's so true. See, for me, food is a priority. So I'm like, okay, whatever. This is going to be my thing. But I'm with totally with you. Yeah. And I understand parents. And for me, one of my priorities is dinner at the table. Yeah. So I so I would rather have mac and cheese with all four of us sitting at the table yeah. than to have really elegant, organic, yeah. beautiful meals that were served with the kids, you know, at the table and then two hours later with us at the table and that I've spent the whole evening in the kitchen making this food huge meal and not sitting at the table. Yeah. So like so I lean on the side of get something on the table. That's why I like and that's why I like the plated thing. Yeah. It allows me to put food on the table that is more than and we don't eat mac and cheese a lot actually because my kids have a lot of foods that they think they like and they don't. They'll beg yeah. for it. They yeah. eat a bite and then they throw it all out. And yeah. mac and cheese is one of those. Yeah. But just more of a you know, convenience food at the table versus really in-depth prepared foods. Yeah. Separate. Right. So that's where, that's how I balance that little, try to balance that little piece of chaos. Mm-hmm. But also, and my husband is, has always just been very, net. like when we first met, he had to work to keep weight on. And then I so quit many smoking. men are like that. Seriously. You know, so he has a very naturally active metabolism and all of that. So that can be a challenge too. When it's like he he for a while was drinking whole milk to keep weight on. I'm like, and I'm over here like, oh great, I don't like milk, but oh, I'll have some ice cream. I'll have this. I'll have that. And he can eat anything. And he he does exercise. He works out and all that. But even before he started working out, there were times when he had to maintain his weight, keeping it on, which is not anything I've ever had to experience in my life. Well, you know what, Gretchen, the great news is that we, as a population, we live longer. Yes. So we may have to struggle with the weight along the way, but <laughs> we do live longer. So any final tips? Uh, I'd just say my final tips are um, creating environments that are healthy, that are focused more on the nutrient value of food rather than the weight mm-hmm. associated with eating. And the other thing, too, is just not buying 
foods that are unhealthy because it sets everyone up for failure. You know, if you buy, James and I always talk about it all the time. If I buy a bag of chips, let me tell you what, that bag of chips, we are taking it down that day. It never makes it one yeah. day <laughs> because it's just right there in our face. So why have that kind of temptation if you buy it, even if you're, and some people say, look, I'll buy it for my kids or whatever. Well, kids don't really need it either. I mean, on right. occasion, but I'd say the easiest way to to eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle is to just have the foods in the house that are healthy and right. not give yourself the temptation and then feel horrible about yourself. Oh, I ate the whole row of Oreos. Like, every time we go to my dad's, we'll just house like an entire row- sleeve <laughs> of Oreos. I'm like, oh, those are so good. But I can't, I wouldn't. can't even close your mouth because yeah. teeth are so oh, crammed up. Oh, it's so good. I'll walk right into the house. I'm like, Oreo. But see, if I had those in my house, I'd be doing the same thing. I just yeah. don't buy them. That way you're not even tempted. It's like if I, every time I hung out with you, I just give you a, I looked at you with a pack of camel lights right standing in your face <laughs> or I smoked them right in your face. It's the same idea. Yeah. You know, I really think keeping your food and your health menu planning helps a lot or mm-hmm. using services like a plated or something yeah. like that. And, um, and, and really not focusing on weight, more focus on nutrition mm-hmm. and 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 try not to drink calories like juice. Yeah. Or I we're don't not, know. We're not the, juice drinkers. I don't know what we're other not. things people drink besides beer. But even beer, I mean, yeah. gosh, it is so calorically dense. I'm a big. I drink seltzer through the day, yeah. which is a zero cat. Like that's. And it's I not love even, seltzer water. And it's not like I had talked about with Sarah. Actually, it's seltzer. It's not sweetened seltzer. It's just water and carbonation. It's not. Some seltzers have Splenda yes. and all that stuff in it. This is just straight seltzer. Yeah. Unsweetened iced tea and coffee. I do put milk in my coffee in the morning, but mostly just to cool it off so I yeah. can drink it faster. Yeah. And tea. And that's pretty much what, what I drink. My final thought would be to make sure that just to share, just to, if you are somebody who is suffering from Jim Poster syndrome, we're about to hit New Year's resolution time and all of that. And almost, New Year's resolution is almost the best time to go in because the gym fills up with people that have never been there before. So yeah. you would totally, you would be, you'd blend in with all of the new people. And then as the resolutioners drop off, if you can stay and be one of the regulars, that it's good to be a regular. It can be nice to have that. But if you can find a friend to go with you mm-hmm. and find a friend that is, that, that is similar to you and, you know, I, I could not have found a better gym friend than yeah. my friend Diana, who I know she listens. Yeah. So she'll be like, oh, but I really couldn't because it just... It helps to have that same mentality going into it, and it helps me a ton anyway. I hope it helps her. But that yeah, would be my thing. I agree, and I have a great gym friend as well. And the other thing I would say is this kind of goes back to visual, vision, visioning and vision boards. Sometimes when you are at this point where you're not – where you're nervous because of ex, all these – you know, your gym poster syndrome – a great tip is to envision how you want to be and then just pretend in your brain that you're that person. It's just like basically pretending you're someone else. You know, the hard part is that I already think I am that person. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, shit, I am not that person. The mirror. So, yeah. So that doesn't the work for me because I have like so I'm so much in my head that I'm like, whoa, what happened to me? Like in my head, it's looked much better. Oh, the other thing is to buy a good gym outfit. Sometimes it's just looking cute helps. I will too. tell you that I have, and 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 we're gonna get to our favorite things. Um, I have some the leggings that I like. They come right up to the band of my bra. I have big boobs, and I love my Moving Comfort. Brooks Running brought them, so they're either under Moving Comfort or Brooks Running. The Jubilee bra is a really great plus size sports bra that does not. It's not it has a hook and it has straps versus the pullover because the pullover one. 
that would be my workout for the day, just getting into it and out of it. Is so, this your favorite thing? It might be. Well, I was going to say that, and I was going to I was going to say the leggings, and maybe I'll just do that. I'll make that my favorite thing. But I was going to say my app, which is Starting Strength, which is tracks my weightlifting. Oh, that's cool. So I literally go in, and the way it, and it, it's a cool app. It's like five dollars, I think buy the pro version but i go in and it will say okay today you're doing this and you need to add weight so it calculates the weight you can click on it to see how many like if it says 100 pounds it will say you need the bar plus i don't say i'd have to look but plus 225s plus 210s or whatever and so it you can weight lift 100 pounds I can, I'm, I'm very, I'm actually pretty strong. Oh my gosh. I'm so, home. but it, but it tells you the weights and then the next, and then the next day I'll say, okay, this is your workout today. You need to go up and wait. And if you, and you keep track and as you keep track, if you fail it and you can't get the, the reps in, it will say, Hey, no problem. Deload next time. And so it will, it will adjust your weight as you go so that you're wow. always progressing. Is it free? Um, there's a, I think there's a free version, but I paid the five bucks for the pro version. And that one is called, um, Oh, I think it's the program is called Starting Strength, and the app is called Strong Lifts. Oh, that's that's really cool. So I'll do that. So so I go in with my high waist leggings because the other thing about a sports bra, if you are an overweight person, is that it will totally suck your boobs to your body until your boobs are moving. But then your belly is, uh, and that sounds weird. But yeah, I can you see need that. the pooch tamer. Yeah. So if you <laughs> the get good, tamer. <laughs> if you get good compression leggings that are a uh. high waist. Then they come up, and so you're kind of in this full body sausage suit. Yeah, and it kind of holds all the jiggling together, which can be helpful. I like that doing that. And then, um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll put some my I'll put those as my favorite things: the Jubilee bra, the leggings, and the app. And those are you. So you could get started by going to the gym for under a hundred dollars minus the gym membership. Maybe you have a work membership or something. Yeah, and do that and and do that. And if you need if you need support. Locally, I'm there Monday, Wednesday, Friday yeah. at 5 a.m. So am I at the diff- so, a different, different gym. gym. Different gym. <laughs> <laughs> my, so my favorite thing is this book I'm reading. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. <laughs> Have you read it? Why are you yes, laughing? Yes, because we were talking about We talked about it. We talked. You weren't there, were you? We talked about no. book club last night. That is so funny. No. I, I, didn't, I was not there. I've been reading this book. We talked about it last night. And because one of our, the host wanted to do it. And I was like, that book is such bullshit. <laughs> really? Did you read it? Yes. But I, I didn't, it did not work for me. It did not speak to me because I was like, you are a single woman in an apartment with a ton of closets in Tokyo. And that does not work for <laughs> me in my little American house from the 50s with no closets and a family of four. Oh, okay. So, but no, keep going. I'm psyched about it. I, my friend did it. She has two small children, and her husband actually read the book, and he followed it, and she recommended it, and I was reading it, and I'm really excited. We, I like just having a strategy for going through each thing. Yes. You know, like clothes, she says to do, clean your clothes first, and then paper, and then households, and then sentimental things last. So, anyhow, I, I don't like clutter. It stresses me out, and since we got a lot of inherited items and then with my kids birthdays and all these presents are getting I feel like I'm overrun by things so I, I'm really happy to be reading this book and I find it motiva- motivating so I'll let you know if it works for me I will tell you the one that I am reading is um, that I recommend it as the alternative it's called <laughs> You always have an alternative. I know. Well, there's always me, Turbo, and you. This is the light version. Well, my Dutera. Exactly. And- <laughs> well, 
Well, you know, but we it, literally, if you look back in your text from today, I texted it this morning. Because I, I, there was 50 I didn't read because yeah. I was busy. Well, this is one you missed. Yeah, shoot. And it's called, and it's how to manage your home without losing your mind, dealing with your house's dirty little secrets. And the quote is, the dirty little secret about most organizing advice is that it's written by organized people. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And so she is somebody who is not organized. So I'm, so I'm going to just put a little PS in there for anyone who <laughs> has read Marie Kondo and been like, screw you girl with your spark and joy and need somebody to tell you how to clean up the filth. Well, there so. was this part I was reading last night about a woman who wanted to keep this dress and it had the big puffy sleeves and so she made her put it on because you know her whole thing is like does it bring you yeah. joy keep it if it brings you joy so she made the girl put it on and like walk around the, so they finished their session while she was wearing this dress and then at the end she still wanted to keep it and she was like well that was a fail so all I could think of was my sequins dress I wore to the gala it's beautiful I'm like, I'm like huh am I going to wear that again should I keep it wear it, ne- wear it next year why not go next year I don't know yeah, it's beautiful. It was a beautiful sparkly dress. I think you should keep it because that was a you li- steal. You liked that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a deal of a dress. And you just need to find more fancy events to go to. Okay, so I'll... keep the dress, go to more fancy events. Yes, exactly. Deal. There you go. All right, great. Well, thank you, everybody. All right. We will talk at you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.